Join me. I'm heading up to Spanish Harlem to visit my old stopping grounds, where I had my first job in New York. This is my postcard from El Museo del Barrio. This is Studio Confessions, the art podcast. I am your host, Luis Martin, the art engineer. Listen in for conversations with artists and culture makers alike as we talk about their creative practice and what moves them. Let me share my wax poetic monologues and how to activate your creativity to live an inspired and more beautiful life. That's right, I said beautiful. Welcome to the studio. I'm glad you're here. So I ran from LA when I was 19 because I thought that's what artists were supposed to do, right? I had just graduated high school, yeah, I was a little late, but had been working in museums since I was 16, so when I got to New York, I was confident I'd land something. As soon as I arrived, I literally, the first night, sat down with my timeout guide and highlighter and a cup of sanka that I'd gotten at the bodega on the corner. The word itself, bodega, was so new to me. In LA, we called them liquor stores, which hadn't struck me as weird until I got to New York. This bodega, in particular, only served Sanka coffee, which I had never heard of, so I thought, wow, how exotic of me. I hadn't realized that it was instant coffee or that it was decaf. Boy, was I thick. In my room, I highlighted every museum in my guide. Surely, one would hire me. And here, my young friends, is what I did. I mailed each one my resume, along with a cover letter, and get this an actual sealed signed letter of recommendation from a museum head I'd worked with. Then I waited. That's how it was done for centuries before email. A week went by and I got an interview and the rest is history. By the second week in New York, I was officially the tour coordinator for the education department at El Museo. A few weeks later, I was promoted to in-house artist resident, which meant if you went to El Museo for a class trip, and or an art workshop in 2000, 2001, 2002, good chance we've met. I was 19 in New York, working at a museum, giving tours in Spanish and English, leading workshops about art, culture, and community. I was living my dream. I was doing work that I thought then, and now just know, to be super important work. But this isn't all about me, really, I promise. El Museo del Barrio is located on Museum Mile on 5th Avenue between 104th and 105th in Spanish Harlem. It wasn't always there, though. El Museo del Barrio had its inspired and humble beginnings operating in a classroom at PS 125 located at 123rd Street. When Rafael Montañez Ortiz and a coalition of parents and educators came together in the 60s, to address the lack of education and representation of Puerto Rican culture in the local schools. Since then, El Museo's mission has expanded to represent and promote the art of all Latin America. No small feat. The museum hopped around to other schools, firehouses, and other makeshift spaces before taking its residency at its current location at the Heckscher Building in 1978. Fun fact, prior to El Museo and many years before, it was an orphanage. The entrance to the museum is at 1235th Avenue, in front of the Central Park Conservatory Garden, which is somewhat of a hidden paradise. When I passed by this morning, it was 34 degrees, and there was someone staging a series series of selfies and a few other people tending to the garden. It's a gorgeous and quiet space, worth a visit with a full thermos of warm sanka, if you please. At the entrance to the park, 
is an imposing iron door called the Vanderbilt Gate. I used to love hiding out here during openings, between schmoozing and giving tours to our VIPs. To get in, El Museo is $9 suggested donation. And get this, it's free. Free with your MTA Metro card. Talk about amazing, right? Tell them to look under the corporate partner list on their website if they give you a funny look. So yes, it's free. So come one, come all. But I will say, I'll gladly pay $9 knowing it's going to the promotion and preservation of Latino culture. No pressure or judgment for me if you don't feel the same. Well, maybe a little pressure. Granted, museums' revenues don't come from ticket sales alone. There would be no museums in the world. They get their funding through grants and endowments, so no pressure, really. Before I go in, I also wanted to mention El Museo does two very special yearly programs that are very meaningful to me. One is the Day of the Dead, where often they'll create an ofrenda or an altar for the ancestors and offer public programming. The second is the Parada de Reyes, or the Three Kings Day Parade, which the museum has been hosting since the 70s. The Three Kings were a big thing in Latin America and other parts of the world. The reason I love this day is because it was one of the few Mexican and pan-Latino traditions we celebrated back home. Every year, we had Rosca de Reyes, or King's Thread in English, or Galette de Roi in French. It's a tradition that made New York feel like home to me. It's a tradition I still do. My husband makes the rosca and I make the spiked hot chocolate. It's a great excuse to get everyone together. That's how I celebrate now. But before, before old Saint Nick made it to the Caribbean and brought presents to the kiddos, it was the three kings that brought gifts, not on December 25th, but on January 6th. Children in the Caribbean and some Latin American countries would place boxes of grass under their bed for the king's camels to eat. Then the wise men would leave them presents as a thank you. The parade carries the same sense of generosity, often consisting of giveaways to the school children, and best of all, they're real camels. Every year, three community leaders are crowned as marshals of the parade, as recognition for their work in the community. Keep it in your calendar, especially if you have kids or if you're a latent child yourself. El Museo's mission is to represent and preserve the art and culture of Puerto Rico and Latin America in the United States. El Museo is New York's only museum dedicated to Latin American art, so it's an important place. On the day I visited, the museum has two exhibits on view simultaneously. A mouthful of an exhibit titled An Emphasis of Resistance 2019 CIFO Grant and Commission Program Exhibit and the exhibit we're here to see, Soy Isla or I Am an Island, a retrospective of an artist that is a great representation of a pan-Latino experience, meaning she spent time in more than one Latin American country. Artist Zilia Sanchez. Artist Zilia Sanchez. Artist Zilia Sanchez was born in Havana, Cuba, lived in New York, where she studied at Pratt, eventually moved to Puerto Rico, where she lives now. This retrospective is her first major survey organized by the Phillips Collection, exhibiting just about 70 years of the artist's work. This alone makes it an exciting and significant show to see. Retrospectives often offer clues and roadmaps for young artists to find if they pay attention. Let's see what clues Celia has left for us. The exhibit runs through March 22, 2020. You haven't much time, so don't spare. Come pay a visit. Let's go in. Upon entering the space, you're immediately struck by a very moving video and ephemera. 
which is a fancy art-speak way to refer to an object that has been used or has a short lifespan. Use it in your next conversation, I dare you. The ephemera is instantly recognizable as the center object in said video. There is an older woman battling waves at the edge of the ocean, sending off this object that we recognize as her work. Seeing an artist doing away, offering, or even banishing their work offers a moment of pause. It's like a mother sending off her child. It's a bit jarring and spellbinding. The performance and documentation video is called Encuentrismo, Ofrenda o Retorno, or The Encounter, Offering or Return. Silas paintings are best described as having a topography, or topologies as the artist refers to them. The bulk of the work is composed of paintings in which the canvas itself is stretched and manipulated to expand from its stretcher to arrive at a relief or a raised surface. In the simplest terms and crudest terms I can describe it, one can visualize the work to get a better mental picture as a sheet or a fluid surface with objects underneath it. Imagine what would happen if you placed an object underneath an Egyptian cotton sheet. What shadows would it create? What compositions are possible? Play with that in your mind for a sec. I would describe the effects on her work as a graceful reach between one dimension to the next, between the flat plane to the third dimension, yet still very much part of the two, not quite a sculpture, but with more physical tension than a painting. Mostly painting in muted colors, white, gray, blues, with black accents, there's a striking elegance to the minimal language of the work on view. The artist started these relief paintings sometime in the 50s, and they haven't lost any of their freshness or their mystique. Ah. Clue number one, good work is timeless. These works are decades old, but still feel just as fresh and new since the day they were created. The topologies come into Sanchez's work after seeing the bedsheet on which her father passed away, flowing and bellowing in the wind of her home's rooftop, hitting a pipe. This image stayed with her and compelled her to formalize her style of producing protruding curved canvases. And I quote the wall text, a painting influenced by not only the spatial depth, but also the pulse of life. I think I got another clue. You can make art from a very emotional place without making the work overtly emotive or spelling it out for the viewer. I love that. The geometric elements in the work create references to the female form breast and limbs packed together with no reference to skin tones, instead accented by occasional loose line drawings on the contours of the raised surface, which could be likened to tattoos or other ceremonial body art. As a matter of fact, one of the works is titled Luna con Tatuaje, or Moon with Tattoo. The artist makes reference to Greek mythology and Amazonians. To me, they seem more of itself, by which I mean they seem to be very much their own source of gravity and ethos. It doesn't seem like it's reaching for references. Though, there is almost a Native American element, reminiscent of the geographic style of the graphic tradition of the Northwest, which the artist might have overlooked, as it was more in vogue to look and reference Eurocentric narratives in Latin American art. The work offers exciting surfaces and shapes to explore. They're dynamic and pleasing to look at, and also offer complex ideas about modulation, mythology, and sexuality. I'll let you explore these themes on your own, so come. During Hurricane Maria in 2018, a large part of Sanchez's work was destroyed. I hope she's fared well in the recent earthquakes. El Museo, please check. Let us know.
Her studio is located in the artist enclave of Santurce in San Juan, Puerto Rico, where she's been based since the 70s. Now, Santurce is like Bushwick in Brooklyn, only in the context of paradise with better weather and good food. Lots of murals and festivals. I love the idea or the image of this artist in her 80s strolling with the Puerto Rican hipsters and tourists. The exhibition's title, I Am an Island, serves as a personal metaphor for Sanchez's experience as an islander, connected to and disconnected from both the mainland and mainstream art current, which from my perspective serves her just fine in regards to her work. Her body of work is timeless, refreshing, evocative, and conceptually strong, undiluted by the trends of the zeitgeist or the visible remnants of having to prove something as an artist. Ooh, did you catch that one? There was another $5 word, zeitgeist. I'll let you look that one up. But as far as the disconnection to the mainstream current and broader conversation, well, that's a trickier conversation, right? If you're making your best work and there's no one to see it, can it still be called a masterpiece? I think so. But artists need context and dialogue. Heck, people need context and dialogue. Don't you? I do. Hence this postcard. 70 years of making art is a gift. Come get some for yourself before it's no longer on view. Soy Isla. I am an island. But if you do miss it, there's a great catalog available at the shop. It's been 20 years since I worked as an educator at El Museo. I'm a great people, artist, learned firsthand about Taino culture and the vast roster of Latino artists. I even got blessed by a Taino shaman on the first tour I ever gave about the Taino exhibit. But I would be remiss to exclude the delicate place the museo has in the broader Latino art world, back when I worked here and presently. Some think it's not Latino enough, others think it should have stayed solely a Puerto Rican institution. The expectations of El Museo are large, in part because it's the only Latino institution on Museum Mile next to all the heavy hitters, like the Guggenheim, the Met. Furthermore, it's the only representation specifically focusing on Latino art in the art capital of our country. So yes, the pressure is on. It's been on, from the inception, really. In learning more about the history of El Museo, its mission and aspirations, I've realized the importance of a name. The fact that El Museo decided to call itself El Museo del Barrio instead of the Galeria del Barrio or the Centro de Arte del Barrio situated the museum within a context of a New York museum, one that follows and exists in a very prescribed paradigm, with openings, galas, programming, all catering the creative class which in effect is somewhat removed from the constituents of El Barrio, like the parents and the teachers and artists that initiated it. But things must change, evolve, and grow. How we decide to tell our story and what we choose to keep and let go is an important conversation, one that should not fall on the shoulders or entrusted to one singular institution. Anyone want to start a museum? This is my postcard from El Museo del Barrio. Send me yours, wherever you are. That's it. Thanks for listening. If you've heard something that moved you, please share it. You are the candle that can ignite a thousand flames. I am Luis Martin, the art engineer, sharing with you what moves me.